Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029. We also have Shyler from B1029. And we are recapping, dissecting, discussing, uh, speculating about some of the big entertainment stories from the week of December 12th, 2022. So this has been one of these things that I've been following. Uh, I've shared some stories with my wife. I've talked to Shyler about it, obviously. As far as what in the world is going on with the future of DC Studios since uh, Peter Gunn or excuse me, James Gunn and Peter Safran have taken over as like co-heads, co-CEOs of the new DC Studios. So I'm going to try and break this down as best I can as far as what has all transpired. Because I'll tell you what, James Gunn, as far as I know, is like one of the, the most active studio executives out there that will – respond to any report that has come out lately about DC studios and the future of the DC film franchise and either debunking or confirming, or I don't know, just kind of being very uh, secretive about what exactly is going on. So it's confusing because I'm like, I've seen the headlines and I immediately texted you and was like, please explain. You're like, hang on. (laughs) Let's yeah. wait until it's time to discuss it and then we'll get into it. Cause I am also just completely confused. Right. And so I think, so let's back this up to, you know, earlier this year when, when uh, Warner brothers and discovery merged. So Warner brothers discovery, that whole merger thing, uh, obviously kind of shook things up as far as oh, yeah. what was going to happen there. So we were supposed to get a Batgirl movie earlier this year. That was supposed to come out um, on HBO Max. It was, from what we understand, according to reports, pretty much done. But no, it's not going to happen because they want to focus more on big budget films that are going to be released in theaters. So they scrapped the whole Batgirl movie. So, yes, we're all kind of disappointed about that. And then, you know, obviously uh, the, the whole thing with Ezra Miller and the future of the Flash film. And, and him getting in trouble, what's going to happen? Well, the Flash film is going to happen. It's going to happen in June of next year. Um, Aquaman's being pushed back to December of next year. We have seen previews already for the uh, new Shazam movie coming out next year, which looks fun. And so then we have the Black Adam movie, which just came out with The Rock. Mm-hmm. And we've already spoiled it in last week's episode, but just to spoil it again the huge kind of news in that movie was Henry Cavill coming back as Superman for the, the mid credit scene and basically announcing I'm back as Superman. And so, I mean, he was on, yeah, I mean, he, he left the Witcher and he's now going to be Superman and he's on, I mean, he's on social media, he's on uh, talk shows, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back as Superman. Yeah. We're, we're really excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, after the shortly right before the Black Adam movie comes out, we find out that James Gunn, who we know from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, mm-hmm. and Peter Safran have been announced as the co CEOs, co chairpersons of the new DC studios at Warner Brothers. So they are going to oversee all of the DC films and kind of make this cohesive storyline similar to what Marvel has done over the last, gosh, it's been like. 15 years. Yeah. It's like a long time. So, and, and so that's what DC has been trying to do over these years and they keep failing for uh, 
speculative reasons. Yeah, and it's like they don't really have the the formula that Marvel was able to perfect. Right. And and they tried with Zack Snyder. So Zack Snyder did the Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And then then he brought in, you know, the Batman v Superman and then the Justice League, which we've already talked about that. But uh, you know, Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot trying to trying to create this cohesive story, and then Aquaman and I mean, I there there's always been the rumors and the speculation that the Warner Brothers studios kind of got too much involved. And that's what really kind of just blew it apart. Well, yeah, it could be. And some people didn't care for Zack Snyder's dark version. Um, Look, Zack Snyder, he's a, if you've ever seen some of his movies, they're very comic book nerdy. So I can understand why people may not latch on right away, but some of the big comic book, DC nerds like myself really latch on because, ooh, like we know all the backstory, but for an average viewer, maybe like, I don't quite understand because we watch, like when my wife and I watched Batman v Superman together, she she was, I mean, she she knows like the the origins and all that, but like some of the backstory stuff, you're like, wait, where where did where did Batman get this armor suit from? Well, that's because in this comic book, da da da, you know, and to the average user, you're like. Huh? Where did that where that suit come from? Oh well, I mean, I I don't know. I guess that's who I would want writing a comic book based movie is someone who really right. understands yeah. and respects the source material. You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, right. And so, and also, people had a problem with uh, Zack Snyder's version of Batman killing because, oh, yeah. as we all know, Batman doesn't kill, but this this Batman did. <laughs> and so it was very controversial. It was, it was a little hard pill to swallow on that one. Yeah. Um. But you know, look, he he helped with uh with Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman and the Gal Gadot movies, which I you know the first Wonder Woman was great. I thought Wonder Woman 1984 was good. Um. I don't think it was as good as the first one. People, I think, didn't really. I don't. It it didn't seem to to jive well with with a lot of people. It seemed at least for critics. Um. So. Yeah, and then Aquaman, you know, Aquaman was fun. Um, and so now that we've, Zack Snyder has, they've basically casted him aside. Um, and then they were going to bring back Michael Keaton, obviously, because he was going to be in the Batgirl film. And he's obviously yeah. in the Flash movie. And that was a big to-do. Well, there's no Batgirl film. Now there's all this speculation as what's going to happen with Michael Keaton in the Flash movie which honestly is kind of good press if you think about it, because it's like, you're going to want to know, like, is Michael Keaton's Batman survive or not survive? Who's going to be Batman moving forward in this new DCU? And so let's fast forward now to currently where Peter Gunn is on Twitter talking about, you know, the future. So he says in a tweet, this was last week, Peter, meeting his his co-CEO, Peter Safran, and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Okay, cool. Beginning yeah. of the new year, we're going to find out what these guys got lined up. I mean, see, like I said, we got the Flash movie. We got Aquaman. We got Shazam. There's a Blue Beetle movie. Blue Beetle, um, probably a lot of people don't know about, but it seems like a fun movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of thing like, oh, okay, well, 
maybe we'll have some source material working into that. We'll see. So he goes on to tweet, James Gunn does, among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will focus on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But we just had a great meeting with Henry, and we're big fans, and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. And so then that's when oh. everyone's minds were blown. And Henry also goes on to social media confirm it. He had a, you know, uh, you know, the graphic with the text on Instagram, basically confirming that, yes, you know, I'm, I'm moving on, I'm passing the Cape. You know, I've had a great time working with everybody. There was really no ill will. It seemed like between he and, and, and Peter and James, as far as, you know, passing the torch or the, or the Cape as, uh, as Henry called <laughs> them in this post. Cute. Um, so yeah, uh, that just kind of like, well, what you, you announced this and, but, what James had to tell people is look, that was all done before we came in. I mean, that was all. Yeah, I guess, you know, which, you know, it does seem kind of crappy because, you know, you got this guy who's played the character for a while now. Yeah. And people have kind of grown to know him as, okay, well you're Superman now. And all that have that just kind of like pulled away from us. Now you're just kind of, well, okay, so what about Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot? Because Gal Gadot, not that long ago here, posted something on Instagram of her and like from a, it's from a, a still from the first Wonder Woman, you know, talking about, you know, how a great time she's worked with Patty Jenkins and the cast and the crew making these films. She can't wait to see what happens with, with the next, you know, chapter. And then we find out that Wonder Woman 3 is not going to happen. It's been put on ice. And so now we're like, well, what what now? So Patty Jenkins, who directed the first two Wonder Woman films, got on Twitter and kind of set the story straight as far as what happened because there was reports that um, there was like some tension between she and, 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 and DC Studios. But she said that um, I need to find her her tweet here. Hold on, you know I love it when you when you have the computer here and then it just like scrolls all by itself. <laughs> oh, I know, it drives me nuts. So she says, here she goes. So she says she was open to considering, you know, like doing whatever they wanted. You know, she was open to considering anything they asked of me. She tweeted, and she said that I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional. This is her tweeting to James Gunn. Um, and she was open and, you know, as far as it being scrapped or anything like that, you know, she, they thought she walked away. She goes, I didn't walk away. It's just that whatever their vision was, wasn't going to jive with what Patty had originally brought for Wonder Woman three, because again, Wonder Woman three was announced shortly after Wonder Woman 1984 came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. And this is all before James Gunn and Peter Safran. So now we want, so then there were reports from Variety that the Batman with Robert Pattinson was going to be incorporated into this new DCU. So, okay, Robert Pattinson is going to be the, the Batman of this, of this film franchise or of this, okay. of this storyline. Okay. Then James Gunn gets on Twitter <laughs> and says, 
and I and I and I and I'm kind of paraphrasing what he says, but he basically said that you know he he likes he likes a number of reporters and he really likes this one from Variety, but he needs to get a new source because this is totally untrue. Basically oh. saying Robert Pattinson is not going to be Batman in this DCU. This is so confusing. It's like what I is know. the point? I mean, I understand they're trying to do such like new stuff. But like, what was the point of having Robert Pattinson do this Batman movie? Well, again, it that, wasn't... Was, that was all before this DC Studios, James Gunn, Peter Safran thing. Yeah, I guess so. So, but there is some clarification. So I, I, I'm looking at an article from Insider, Business Insider. Mm -hmm. And as and in regards to, to Batman and, and Robert Pattinson, um, that... There are going to still be these. There are still going to be these what they call standalone DC projects, like the upcoming uh, Joker sequel with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga. Oh yeah. So that will will still have these standalone that won't fit with the DCU. Robert Pattinson, presumably his Batman film will stand outside of the DCU, which again will be, I think, confusing to fans. Because you're gonna go in thinking, oh, okay, well, if we're trying to make this whole this whole cohesive storyline, wait, I thought so and so was Batman. Why is Robert Pattinson Batman still? Is this part of the whole story? I mean, look, I think James Gunn and Peter Safran will do a good job making a cohesive story, and I think we have to trust the process a little bit. Um, but I think that I if think we have a choice, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I think you're right. I don't think we have a choice. Now, if you're going to start with an early story of Superman, cool, because Robert Pattinson's Batman is in the early stages of Batman. It's 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 like his second year as being Batman. And I kind of wonder if maybe they will use some of the same source material, or if they're just going to after these next slate of movies come out next year. Just blow everything up and just start fresh in 2024. Who knows? Um, I, I would guess still that makes sense. I, I would still love to see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, as far as like Shazam, I mean, Zachary, Zachary Levi is great. He's hilarious. Yes. Um, I think he plays the character well. Black Adam, that may have a place there's also a whole bunch of stories about whether it did well or not at the box office there's reports saying it didn't do well there's other reports say it did even the rock says yes it did do well at the box office because of all these other things who knows and now since the latest thing about henry cavill came out that he's not going to play superman some are accusing the rock of using henry cavill as a way to kind of boost the the movie to get you know more box office money all that speculation all of that is hearsay um i really think the rock really if henry cavill didn't want to come back as superman he wouldn't have done it he wouldn't have made yeah. the cameo and That's so again and, and at that time before james gunn and peter safran yeah the rock got him on board and warner Bros. like yeah we want you back as superman come on back okay only to have that taken away because you got two new bosses now that are going to do this, their version of everything now. 
yeah, this is like a DC higher or like highest up issue. Like yeah. if you if you were really struggling, if you really wanted to bring in James Gunn and Peter Safran to save or redirect the DCU, I mean, I, I don't know. It just feels like they had so much going on with no real direction. And then now that they do have set in place direction a direction to go into and people to lead the charge, it's it just feels messy. It feels so messy. It does. It does feel messy. And I think hopefully now that we have James and Peter creating this cohesive story moving forward, we won't see a lot of the speculated studio executives kind of getting involved and, and allegedly ruining projects from what they would have been. Look, we've seen it with, um, with Zack Snyder's justice league, allegedly with the first suicide squad, there was supposed to be a totally different version, which we didn't get. And that's why that bombed. So we'll see. Um, I think we have to kind of just see what they got. And obviously they're going to have to recast Superman. There are still, there's still things up. In, I, I know. Oh, believe me. I do too. I do too. And, and I was kind of hoping that would, they would use kind of the, some of the stories that have already been out there as a way to kind of start the story fresh, but also not lose those people that have connected that Henry Cavill, Superman, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Um, if, and, and as far as Ben Affleck's concerned, too, that's the other thing is you got Ben Affleck because he's been Batman in that during oh, that yeah. time. Forgot about and, him. <laughs> and so there's there's been some reports that Ben Affleck is that he, he I guess he wants to direct a DC movie. What that is, I don't know. Is he still going? Is he still going to be Batman in this universe? I don't know. Um. So. I feel that if you do an early Superman movie, early life Superman movie, um, I feel like that was Man of Steel because Man of Steel was kind of like the early, I mean, I don't know how far back early Superman life movie is, what that means. But if you rewatch Man of Steel, that was the Zack Snyder, this, they call the Snyder verse. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was that origin story because it it was Superman learning about how to, how it, about his abilities and his powers and how we can use them and and we had Kevin Costner as uh, Superman's Earth father, you know, um, and so yeah, I mean that's uh, that was that origin story. So that was kind of like the early life story, and I've and I I don't know if they're gonna retell it or if they're gonna not make it as dark i don't know yeah is this like a like a competition with the snyderverse where they're like okay we're gonna show that we can do like literally the same thing but different and therefore better or whatever to kind of right. stick it to the snyderverse maybe who knows but again if you're gonna have a cohesive story you're gonna have to start from point yeah. a which apparently they're going to start with superman at least according to james's tweet that may not be the point a but at least according to his tweet that's where they're going to kind of start um 
So we'll see. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they sh- what they have in store for us beginning of next year as far as what their plans are. And if there's going to be some source material pulled from the previous films in the last 10, 15 years, or if after Aquaman in December next year, just psh, push the reset button. Could be. Yeah. It's and they're all the process. And, and there was also this report and this will be the last thing we'll talk about before we move on. But there was also this report that after Jason Momoa is done playing Aquaman in this film, he's going to not play Aquaman anymore, but come back as another DC character. His his name is Lobo. And he's kind of like this anti-hero rough dude that just kind of comes in and just mess. Not really like a Deadpool for the Marvel fans, um, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's like this, like a Punisher. Not really the Punisher. No, he, he's 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 goofy. He's an anti-hero. So obviously, he causes problems for Superman. But he's also been he's also kind of helped season. out in some in some other ways. But he he as far as like humor and such, kind of like a Deadpool. You know, like he's he he's a little rough around the edges and not afraid to say things. I do love that. <laughs> Which. That's who that there was a report that came out last week that that's who Jason Momoa would come back as. And I think, again, that would confuse people. It is confusing. Because they're going to say, well, he's no, now he's Lobo, which look, if you go and look up Lobo and you look at Jason Momoa, you're like, yeah, I could see Jason Momoa playing Lobo. (laughs) I mean, really, he's got like the gruff, you know, deep voice and he's kind of rough dude, you know, biker guy or Lobo's more like a space biker guy. But anyway. Yes, Jason Momoa would probably play that character very well, but I kind of feel like you got to stick with him being Aquaman just to not confuse the audience. Oh my God, he does kind of look like Lobo. I know, right? Holy crap, that would be fantastic <laughs> casting. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see after the first of the year what James Gunn and Peter Safran have as far as what their slate's going to be for the DC universe and if there's going to be any kind of source material pulled from the previous films. Are we going to keep some characters? Are we just going to recast everybody? Who knows? But I feel that they will make a cohesive story. Will it confuse people early? Yes. But I think once they get going, people will catch on, hopefully. Hmm. All right. Moving on to the next bit of news. Uh, Megan and Harry, or Harry and Megan. However, which way you want to go with it. <laughs> Prince Harry yeah. and Princess Meghan. So they got that Netflix docuseries out. And the last uh, was the last three episodes came out on Netflix here. And a lot of it seemed to go after uh, William and Charles. Um, in fact, it, it, in, in um, one of the scenes, uh, Harry says, quote, it was terrifying to have my brother scream and shout at me and my father say things that just simply weren't true. And my grandmother, you know, quietly sit there. Ooh. Um, yeah. So obviously Harry and Megan are blowing the doors wide open as far as what really happens with the royal family. And this has caused quite a strain even on Prince William. There's a report that came out that a, a, a friend, 
a so-called friend of William and Kate, who also used to be close with Harry, said, quote, the relationship between the brothers is over and doesn't make a great deal of difference what is in the films released this week. The general feeling that it won't be anything they haven't said before. The source goes on to say, William will never forgive Harry for selling out his and Kate's secrets. Harry knows more than anyone how much their privacy means to William and Kate because he felt the same. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been shown. Um, and also, I think there, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Harry and Meghan are also going to be uh, producing their own series, too. Yeah, it's called Live to Lead, huh. which another Netflix project. <laughs> right, right off this, like, hey, guess what? We're back. Get uh, that back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the trailer's <laughs> out. It's called Live to Lead. We'll feature interviews with the likes of uh, Greta uh, Thunberg, uh, Prime Minister, uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, also uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, among others. Oh, wow. Uh, It's a a seven-part series. It's going to be coming out December 31st. Uh, The producer of the uh, controversial Harry and Meghan doc series, that's who's going to be producing it. So anyway, well, it's actually, yeah, the Duke and Duchess is Archwell. Archwell? I'm I'm really bad at some of these (laughs) these titles. I I am too. It's fine. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... I mean, let me ask you, do you, do you, do you think, I mean, obviously Megan and, and Harry has broken off from their, I mean, they still have the titles, but they have pretty much broken off from the Royal family and their duties. And is it, is it, is this a way for them to gain fame outside of the Royal family? Or do oh, you, you think, think like it might be like a cash grab kind of, you know, like, hey, let's let's go ahead and just tell our stories because people want to know. No matter who we hurt in the process. Um, a little bit. I do feel like this is a little bit of, like, revenge. But also, I think it's... It's, like, along the lines of, like, quote, like you're, you're going to talk about me anyway... And you're going to make up stuff and you're going to try to make me look bad. So I'm going to direct the narrative and take control so you don't have anything to say about me. What I that I haven't already said? Watch the Netflix series. <laughs> I already said everything I needed to say about y'all and you just keep proving my point. I really do think that there was a lot of mistreatment and negativity directed at Megan and Harry, particularly Megan, obviously. But... I I think this is just their way of, I don't necessarily think it is solely a cash grab. I think it is them saying, you can, like, you're going to do this anyway, and you make money off of it. So why can't I? Like, here, I'm just going to do the same thing. You're just not going to like what I have to say. Because it's the truth, or it's, you know, my experiences, and you don't, you're not directing the narrative anymore. And they're going to be frustrated beyond all belief about it. So one of the things that was talked about was, of course, Harry says that a lot of um, senior members of the royal family, like even her, his brother and father, William and Charles, kind of uh, exploited their corrupt relationship 
by planning stories to the press, um, specifically targeted Megan too. And Harry says that the reason why this was done was because of their, I guess, higher approval ratings with the public as opposed to, you know, William and Kate, Um, which I, I don't necessarily agree with. I, I feel like William and Kate, I mean, when, when their relationship, you know, blossomed and they had the wedding, you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that was their time in the sun. Now, Harry's turn and he's got Megan and which we knew Harry was a little bit more outgoing than William was, <laughs> per se. And so, you, you know, Harry, <laughs> you know, Harry kind of settles down with Megan here and, you know, okay, their time in the sun. And look, it... From what we know about the royals, more to talk about. Like William did exactly as he was told, trained, whatever. He married a beautiful white woman, settled down, and had three kids. Like exactly as he was supposed to. You know what I mean? Harry was like, "Mm, "I'm not gonna like. I'm gonna follow my heart. I'm gonna." He spent time. He was in the military. Like he did things his own way. He's the younger brother. So he was able to get away with a little bit more because he what he didn't have the sole responsibility of duty placed upon him that William did from the get-go as the firstborn son. Right. He so, was gonna know, he was gonna take over after Charles was absolutely. gone. Absolutely. So like William is is a son of duty. You know, he's got stuff to do and he did it right. And I think there's resentment there because Harry got to live his life. Harry got to be a little bit more free, I guess, about who he chose as a partner and how he lived his life. And the the, the, the problem was, I, I really do think that it does come back to that he, he married out of love rather than duty, or probably more particularly that he married a woman of color. And that was, it's a huge deal. It, it was a huge deal because of the royal family. I mean, obviously he has said, and Megan has said that there is a long history of racism within the royal family and the way that these people believe and 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 values that they still uphold to this day that had made this a very controversial pairing and people still talk about it. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not just, oh, he got married. It's no, he got married to a black woman. You know, he got married to an American black woman who's been divorced or, you know, it was more controversial. So people are still talking about it. It's not that he got married and he's having kids and he's doing like the thing that he's expected to do. He absolutely is. But people aren't like people don't care about the queen. People don't care about William anymore. And that's what the royal family wants you to focus on. They don't I mean, Harry's doing his thing. He's fine. Like, that's fine. They want you to focus on you know, the queen during doing her thing at the time when she was alive. And also um, William and Kate also doesn't help that William was screwing around on Kate. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, cool. We're going to focus on Harry and Meghan because it, it's, it takes away from like the negativity, but like the positivity, like no one wants to talk about the boring stuff of the royal. Let's, let's be real. The royal family is boring. Megan is like the most exciting thing that has happened to the royal family since the revenge dress and and Princess Di dying. Yeah. Like, 
this has been the most that we've been engaged with the royal family. Hell, sometimes I forget that the royal family in Britain is a thing because it's so antiquated and outdated. Like, why do I don't understand why we still have this going on? I understand, like, it's just it's just so yeah. weird to me to uphold this very obviously corrupt and toxic toxic system. To the point where Harry and Meghan had to literally cut ties and escape to America because Harry was terrified that they were going to try and put a hit out on his wife and mother of his children. Yeah. And and correlates know, it to his mother. And a lot of it also, yeah, talks about, right, Princess Diana. Um, in fact, Tyler Perry uh, had some things to say about it, too, because he's uh, he's the godfather to Harry and Meghan's daughter. Lilibet. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, he said, quote, I saw my mother be abused for years. I knew the symptoms. I knew what it was like. Um, I could hear the fear. It was palpable. Harry said of the, and this is according to MSNBC, the kind of like a breakdown of, of, of the, uh, the last three episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, he had a conversation with Megan. He said, I mean, I could hear it. So I asked her what was she, or what was she afraid of? And she took a deep breath and she started listening, listing the things I'm afraid of all these things. And I said to her, every one of your fears are valid. She was afraid of them destroying her or going crazy or making her think she was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they also talk about um, kind of like the, the, they call it the, the, the Royal mantra or the, the basically never complain, never explain just yes. do your duty and move forward, which is what yes. we talked about with William. And that was, I mean, that's what he, he was groomed to do was just don't complain and don't explain yourself. Just do what you got to do and just do it. I really do think there is like a deep rooted resentment in William because William kind of feels like he did as he's, as he was told, he's like, I, I played by the rules. I did what I was supposed to do. And that's, and I'm going to be King. Like, this is my job. This is my role in our family. And Harry just got to kind of be, he, he just got all the freedom that William was never going to get in this life as the firstborn right, right. son of the Royal family. He was, it was never going to work out that way. And I think there is just resentment and him saying that he's done because of privacy, no. I think it's. I think he's. He was done a long time ago when he realized that Harry wasn't going to be able to be manipulated the way William was. I mean, William didn't really have a choice. But also, I would be resentful if my younger brother was that much better looking than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, it's... William is not attractive. I said it. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Harry says, too, in the docuseries, quote, I came here to California because I was changed. I changed to the point that I had outgrown my environment. And yes. I think you're right. He he wasn't going to. That's not what he was going to do. That's not that's not him. That's not kind of the. The way but he wanted to live his life. Way. Well, they choose. Yeah, it is. They did raise him that way. Um, like he wasn't supposed to be like the dutiful son. Like that was, that was William all day. And like, they're frustrated with him because he's not going with the flow and following duty like William did, but they didn't pay that much attention. I, I don't feel like they instilled those values of dutiful son in him, or maybe they weren't able to because it was always William, in my opinion, just right, on the outside right. looking in. 
So if it, it seems like Megan and, and, and Harry are going to kind of take this role of being more of like these former royals um, <laughs> now doing their own thing. Obviously, like I mentioned about the, uh, the, the new Netflix uh, series they're going to produce. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they are they more interesting? Yeah. Just because yes. of how their relationship has all, blown, you know, kind of gone about. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think people need to know what what the royal family really is like. It's not, you know, you, you, Harry and Meghan have pulled back the curtain. And yes, I, I do agree with because that. Because of I don't what, think... what, what we've seen, obviously, on TV, you know, it's like this, oh, this is so cool, the royal family. And then behind the scenes you don't realize all the stuff that goes on and and look the crown if you watch netflix series the crown obviously it's dramatized but some of that stuff i mean it seems like that is not as dramatized as you would think according to harry and megan yeah and, and if you watch some of that you're like oh geez they they kind of go behind and and plot and mm-hmm. you know make sure that whatever we see still stays true no matter what else comes out you know, just just make sure that w- that crown is nice and shiny and nothing tarnishes it. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily. I mean, I do think that this is a cash grab and I think that it, they're being opportunistic. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I really think that what they're doing is like the Lord's work of just being of exposing <laughs> this really antiquated and toxic system. And I think it's it's high time that the world see the crown for what it is and the Royal family for what, for who they are. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. No. And look, Queen Elizabeth, I mean, who just recently passed away, she changed things. I mean, if you, if you go back and look at how the, the way things were before her, I mean, she was pretty revolutionary in the way she did things. Well, yeah, but and, I would hope so. I mean, yeah. her reign was well, so right, long. and and I think, so and I think that hopefully that you know Charles and obviously William after maybe kind of take a page from Harry and like, like you know what, maybe we don't need to feel or, or put out this persona that we are a certain way. It's okay if we. You know, our our kids walk out with um, I don't know two different socks on, or you know we we see Kate with a well, we, we probably will never see that just because, but you know oh, Kate yeah. with a diaper bag on, you know, just being normal, pe- regular, everyday people. No matter what hierarchy position you have, you are going to do some day to day things that every single person on this earth has done or is doing. Yeah, it's okay to be human. And to do these things. And I think sometimes with the royal family, we it's perceived that they are almost trend they transcend what normal everyday people are. And we look up to them like, oh, this is this is who are it's 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 very um deity like in a way. You know, it, it it's, is. It's, and and I think that Harry and Meghan are trying to bring play like no, we it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we breathe air and bleed blood. Like it's, yeah. it's what it is. Like we're you just know, people. We, we go to the bathroom just like everybody else. <laughs> 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 
All right, moving on to our worst story. Um, this one, you know, when I read this, I thought uh, that doesn't surprise me because it's Nicolas Cage. Oh, but, boy. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> so he, he did an interview with Ramp Style, and he revealed that, quote, I was shocked the day I went to the doctor's office as a child and found out that I had normal organs and a normal skeleton because I was certain I was from another planet. <laughs> what? I mean, I can just hear Nicolas Cage saying that. And me, if, if I were in the room, I'd sit back and be like, yes, tell me more. <laughs> Go on, please. Go on. If, if you Forget had just it. led with that statement, like who, yeah. which, which celebrity said this statement? <laughs> Nick Cage is the only acceptable answer. <laughs> I mean, I would have, I just would have thrown my notepad off the, off the side. I'm like, Go on. Explain to me your thought process behind that as a child. I mean, look, look, as a child, I get it. We ch children have these um, wild imaginations. But for Nick Cage to believe as a child that he was from another planet to learn that he had normal organs. <laughs> I'm like, let me go back when you were a child and walk me through the thought process on that. Yeah. What um, kind of that's an incredible imagination, though. Yeah. So he, he does talk a little bit about that. So he says that, quote, my father told me he felt like he had to introduce himself to me because I was such an alien. Oh, and he says, oh. he says he had difficulties connecting with people. He said, when I saw David Bowie in The Man Who Fell to Earth, I realized I needed to do something, so I became an actor. And that's how we got the national treasurer, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Which, you know what, I, you know, look, Nick Cage, he's, he's a little bit out there. I, mean, I have a friend who hates Nicolas Cage and <laughs> I'm like on the opposite end. I'm like, I adore Nicolas Cage. Like the fact that he is so completely unpredictable and oh, even in his way films. out there. I mean, you watch any of his films. And he will go from being the most straight-laced person it, character in that film to just do something completely off the wall. And because it's Nick Cage, you're like, oh, that's just Nick Cage. 100%. He's like one of those actors where it's like, you don't know if he's acting. He's just Nick Cage. Like He, he just is. So, and he's just giving you his all, and I love it. <laughs> one of my favorite films of Nick Cage is Gone in 60 Seconds with okay. Angelina Jolie. And I'll never forget where, I mean, he's, he's kind of like, you know, almost he's, he's trying, he, he's a car thief trying to get his life back together. And, you know, he's just very, just kind of Nick Cage, very mellow, very, not very exciting throughout the entire movie until he gets to this one part where they're kind of like trying to amp themselves up for the big heist. <laughs> and he like does like this, like little hand motion thing. He gets all hyped up and he just goes, okay, let's ride. And his, you know, Nick Cage voice. <laughs> And I thought the whole movie it was fantastic delivery. And, and so, and also another part too, where he has gone through and, 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 and people have seen the movie know what I'm talking about when he's gone through, got the last car and he, and he brings the, the last car in a little bit of in rough shape than what he had promised. And, and again, in Nick Cage style, he gets all amped up and goes a little tired I'm a little wired and I think I deserve a little appreciation. And again, 
throughout the whole movie, we never see Nick Cage get like super excited. You know, he's very, very chill, you know, very Nick Cage. And then just in those last few moments of the film, you're like, it's Nick Cage. I mean, you, it doesn't matter who he's playing. It's just if he does something like that, he's like, ah, oh, that's just Nicolas Cage. Yep. You just expect it. You know, it's like Jim Carrey. Like, we expect to do some goofy faces and weird things because Absolutely. it's Jim Carrey. It has nothing to do with the character that he's playing. It's just because it's Jim Carrey. We got to have him do some goofy things. Yeah, absolutely. Weird voices. Weird voices. <laughs> Weird expressions. Yeah, but Nick Cage doing some off-the-wall thing. It's because it's Nicolas Cage. We have to have it. He's, he, I, I, I just adore the guy. Like, I really think he's one of the weirdest people. And it's well, it's so cool. To, and to that, learn. And that's probably why he thought he was an alien, just because, you know... When he's, I, I get it, you know, being around other kids and maybe you're kind of not like the other kids as far as your personality or whatever, you're, I shouldn't say weird, but you're just different. Yeah. And maybe you don't understand why. So as a kid, you're like, well, maybe just because I'm not from here, maybe you just don't understand. Maybe I am an alien. But only to find out, it's just, no, you're a human being like everyone else. You just, everybody's different. And that's okay. I would have loved to hear like child Nicolas Cage. Oh, me too. This. You know, I would have loved to just, you know, go back and just like watch Nicolas Cage. Well, that sounds creepy. Just, you know, know. observe Nicolas Cage as a child interacting with other kids just to see like if how, why he thought that he would, you know, that way. I mean, like you said, he, he it was different for him to connect with people. Which, I mean, if you you see Nicolas Cage, you're like, well, I get it. I mean, he's he can be a little bit off-the-wall dude. And again, that's just, that's just him. It's not that he's from a different planet. It's just everybody's different. Learn that on Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Everybody's different. <laughs> I'd love that's to know okay. if it was like shock and like being grateful that he had normal organs and the normal skeleton or if he was grossly disappointed <laughs> uh, you know what i bet as a kid be like dang it really i was hoping i was an alien because i've been so cool yeah right <laughs> yeah the doctor just says oh all good here you are a normal little boy and he's like no let me hear you hear that that's your heart see <laughs> let me show you this little x-ray here this is this this is your bones just like everybody else Ah, uh, Nicholas Cage. He is a, you know what? He is a national. He he is like up there with Christopher Walken. You know, just one of those national treasures. Yes, I I really think so. Like I know he is a Looney Tune, but I love it so much. I just I do. I used to watch, and you're please, please, all of the judgment in the world, direct it right at me because I used to watch Con Air when it was because <laughs> you know they they play that on like TNT all oh, the time. They do all the time. Me and my dad, on my dad's day off, like, that was, like, he would just throw that on and, like, sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just sit on the couch or the recliner or whatever. And, like, I was watching that. Like, but Con Air was on. I would sit with my dad and I would watch Con Air all the time. It's one of my favorite movies, even though it's just so goofy. <laughs> I love it so much. I love Nick Cage. That's so yeah. great. And what a great luck story. That. Yes, exactly. The mullet was chef's kiss. He was proud to wear it too. <laughs> yes. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. As a recap, dissect, and discuss, and speculate about some of the big entertainment stories of the week. And this is our last episode of 2022. Oh, wet, man. I know. it's Why? it's been It's been quite a year. It really has. It's been it really a has. fantastic year. Yeah. And so uh, we'll be back with a new episode on uh, January 9th. If I, if I have my calendar right, we'll be back with a new episode. I'm sorry, January 10th. January 10th, we'll be back we with go. our first episode of 2023. We're going to go back and recap, dissect, and discuss and speculate some of the big entertainment stories of the week. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you go and listen to all the past episodes at B1029.com or anywhere you get your podcast. You all have a happy holidays, happy new year. And Shiloh and I will talk to you again in 2023.